and welcome on to NBA Recap. Today is Monday, December 20th, and we had six games on in the NBA last night, so let's get right into them. Starting off in Detroit, the Pistons defeated the Heat 100-90. In Memphis, the Portland Trailblazers defeated the Grizzlies 105-100. In Sacramento, the Kings beat the Spurs 121-114. In Chicago, the Bulls edged past the Lakers 115-110. In Minnesota, the Timberwolves defeated the Mavericks 111-105. And finally, in Phoenix, the Suns demolished the Hornets 137-106. And of course, we had three postponements. The 76ers Pelicans, the Hawks Cavaliers, and the Nets Nuggets games were all postponed. So we will break down all six of the games that actually did happen in just a moment. But first, if you'd like to follow the show on social, we are at NBA Recap Pod, or you can just search YouTube or smart speakers for NBA Recap Podcast. And if you enjoy the show, consider subscribing or leaving a review. It really helps get the word out. All right, so starting off today in Detroit, where the Pistons finally snapped their losing streak, defeating the Miami Heat 100-90. to They were led by the sophomore Sadiq Bey. He had 26 points, and they also got 15 from Hamadou Diallo. Whereas the Heat were led by Max Struess. Off the bench, he had 24, and they got 19 points and 10 assists from Kyle Lowry in the starting lineup. But unfortunately for the Heat, Lowry and a couple of other guys were all just ice cold shooting the ball in this game. Lowry got to the free throw line for 16 attempts. That supplemented his scoring a little bit, but he was 3 of 12 from the field overall. Gabe Vincent was 3 of 11, and Duncan Robinson was 2 of 11. So overall, the Heat just shot 37% from the field and 30% from three. Now, the Pistons were actually worse from beyond the arc. They were 25%, but they were at least 46% from the field, and they out-rebounded the Heat 47-39. to So overall, dominating stuff in the paint for the Pistons. It just feels like all those injuries for the Heat are starting to catch up to them. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo obviously still out, and there was also no Tyler Hero in this one either for Miami. And this was kind of a game of runs throughout the first three quarters. It was back and forth. One team would take a lead. It was Detroit early on, and then it was Miami throughout the majority of the second quarter. But then the third quarter is when the Pistons really started to pull away. They outscored the Heat 33-19 to in the third. So they had a double-digit lead heading into the fourth. And then they maintained and expanded upon that lead even further in the fourth quarter. It was an 11-point game with 2.52 left on the clock in the fourth after Killian Hayes hit a clutch three-pointer, putting the Pistons up 99-88. to So in the end, a comfortable win here finally for the Detroit Pistons after their long, I think it was a 13- or 14-game losing streak. And so with this win, they now improve to 5-24. and So they are still at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. In fact, they have the worst record in the entire league, and they have a negative 9-point differential, which is second worst in the East. As for the Miami Heat, this loss takes them to 18-13, and 13, so they're still in fifth right now in the Eastern Conference, two games up on the Wizards in sixth, and half a game now behind the Milwaukee Bucks in fourth. And the Heat still have that plus 2.9 point differential, which is third best in the conference. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Heat were led, as I mentioned, by Max Struess off the bench. He had 24 points in 34 minutes. He was 7 of 16 from the field. He had four three-pointers, four rebounds, one assist, and one steal. Another really productive game for Struess off the bench for Miami. They also got 19 points and 10 assists from Kyle Lowry in the starting lineup. In 42 minutes, he had two three-pointers, five rebounds, one steal, but he was 3 of 12 from the field, 2 of 9 from the three-point line, and he was only 11 of 16 from the free-throw line, so you'll love to see him getting to the charity stripe for that many attempts, but you like the percentage to be a little bit better, and he also had four turnovers. He was negative 13, which was a team low. 
They also got eight points from Gabe Vincent in 31 minutes, but like I said, he was also pretty inefficient. Three of 11 from the field, one of six from three, and he was one of three from the free throw line, so really poor free throw shooting as well for the Heat. He had three rebounds, five assists, and a steal. Six points for Duncan Robinson, two of 11 from the field, three rebounds, four assists. The big man, Dwayne Dedman, had 11 points in 27 minutes. He was actually quite efficient, five of six from the field. He had five rebounds, two assists. And he had a plus five, plus minus, which was actually the only positive on the entire team. And then P.J. Tucker, rounding out the starting lineup, had nine points in 21 minutes. He had four rebounds, one assist. And off the bench for the Heat, besides Max Struess, they got six points from Omer Yurtsevin, the backup big man. He had 12 rebounds and two blocks as well. Five points for Marcus Garrett in 19 minutes. He was perfect, two of two from the field. And two points for KZ Akpala. As for the Pistons, they were led, as I mentioned, by Sadiq Bey. In 36 minutes, he had 26 points. He was 7 of 13 from the field. He had three three-pointers, four rebounds, two assists, and he was a very efficient 9 of 10 from the free throw line. He was plus 18, which was a team high. So good game here for the sophomore, Sadiq Bey. They also got 15 from Hamadou Diallo in 30 minutes. He was incredibly efficient, 7 of 10 from the field. He had 7 rebounds, 2 assists. He was plus 16. 11 points for Killian Hayes in 21 minutes. He was 3 of 7 from the field, just 1 of 3 from beyond the arc, but the 3-pointer that he did make was that clutch one late in the 4th quarter, and he had 2 rebounds, 1 assist, and 1 steal. 7 points for Isaiah Stewart, the sophomore big man, in 30 minutes. He had 14 rebounds, 1 assist. And then four points only for Cade Cunningham rounding out the starting lineup, the rookie. He was just two of four from the field. He had three rebounds, 10 assists, two steals, but four turnovers, and he fouled out of this game. So an off night to be sure for Cade Cunningham. Off the bench for the Pistons, they got 12 points from Frank Jackson in 22 minutes. He was four of nine from the field. He had two threes, one rebound, one assist. Nine points for Corey Joseph, the backup point guard. He had three rebounds, four assists. Eight points for Trey Lyles in 18 minutes. Five for Luca Garza, the rookie. And just three points for the fourth sophomore, Saban Lee, in 18 minutes. He was ice cold, one of six from the field. All right, next up we can move on to Memphis, where the Grizzlies were just edged by the Portland Trailblazers, 105-100. to The Blazers were led by Damian Lillard. He had 32 points, and they also got 28 from Norman Powell, whereas the Grizz were led by Dylan Brooks. He had 37 points in the starting lineup, four three-pointers. They just got 11 from Jaron Jackson Jr., and Desmond Bain was really struggling as well, just nine points for him. But as the scoreline would indicate, this game was pretty close. It was an 11-point game early on as the Grizzlies got out to a quick lead. They outscored the Trailblazers 21-13 to after the first few minutes of the first quarter. But then from there on out, it was just back and forth. Neither team ever held a double-digit lead from the first quarter onwards. So it was a very competitive game. But if you just looked at the shooting splits and the rebounding, you would think that the Trailblazers dominated this game. They shot the ball much more efficiently from the field, 47% versus 30 38% for the Grizzlies. They shot much better from three as well. 34% for Portland, 26% from beyond the arc for the Grizzlies. And they absolutely dominated Memphis on the boards. 51 rebounds for the Trailblazers, just 33 for Memphis. So how on earth were the Grizzlies even in this game at all? Well, it was the turnovers. The Blazers were incredibly sloppy with the ball, whereas the Grizzlies were very tidy. They had eight turnovers versus 25 for the Blazers. That is terrible. They were just 
just basically handing the Grizzlies uh, a lifeline time after time in this game. They should have absolutely been blowing them out, but they would just give the ball away time and time again. And so the Grizzlies stuck around in this game, and it was close down the stretch, but ultimately the Blazers were able to hold on and get this victory. Norman Powell had a clutch 20-footer with 31 seconds left that put the Blazers up by 4, 101-97. And that was actually the final field goal of the game. From there on out is a free-throw shooting contest. With nine seconds to go, Dylan Brooks got to the line for three free throws, and he knocked all three of them down. Clutch free throws there for Brooks. That cut the deficit to just one, but then the Blazers got to the line a couple of times from there on out. Norman Powell knocked down two free throws, and then Nasir Little did as well. So in the end, the Portland Trailblazers just pulling out the victory, and with this win, they now improved to 13-18. and 18. So this was a desperately needed win for them. They won their previous game, but prior to that, they were on like a seven-game losing streak. So they are now tied with the Sacramento Kings in 10th and two games out from the Dallas Mavericks in 9th and they're one game up on the Spurs in 12th and the Blazers are negative 2.5 in the point differential which is about where they should be in the conference standings actually the Kings ahead of them are worse but the Spurs below them are better and they are three and seven in their last 10 games and as for the Memphis Grizzlies this loss takes them to 19 and 12 so they're still in fourth in the Western Conference two games behind the Utah Jazz in third and two and a half games up on the Clippers in fifth the Grizz have a plus 2.4 point differential which puts them about where they should be or exactly where they should be I should say in the conference standings and they're eight and two in their last 10 games. All right, so moving on to the box score, and the Blazers, as I mentioned, were led by Damian Lillard and Norman Powell. Still no C.J. McCollum, so Powell was the secondary scorer for the Blazers. He had 28, but Dame had 32 in 38 minutes. He was 9 of 19 from the field, 3 of 9 from beyond the arc, and 11 of 12 from the free throw line. Really efficient free throws for Dame there, and he had 5 rebounds, 5 assists. He did have 5 turnovers as well, and he was negative 7 in the plus-minus, which was actually a team low, but nonetheless, 32 points, excellent stuff once again for Damian Lillard. 28 for Norman Powell in 35 minutes. He was incredibly efficient. 10 of 16 from the field. 5 of 8 from beyond the arc. He had 3 rebounds, 4 assists. He also had 5 turnovers. As I mentioned, this team was very careless with the ball. Yusuf Nurkic had 7 turnovers, but he also had 9 points, 11 rebounds, 1 assist. He was 4 of 10 from the field. And 12 points for Nasir Little in 36 minutes. He had 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. And Larry Nance Jr. rounding out the starting lineup had just 2 points in 29 minutes. He was one of three from the field, but he had 11 rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks, and importantly, zero turnovers. And off the bench for the Trailblazers, just three players saw the court. All three were very positive in the plus-minus. Robert Covington had 13 points in 34 minutes. He was 5 of 7 from the field, 3 of 5 from beyond the arc, and he had 8 rebounds, 1 steal, 4 blocks. Fantastic production once again from Covington. It seems like coming off the bench has supercharged his defense, and he's been racking up steals and blocks like crazy. And they also got 9 points from Anthony Simons in 21 minutes. He was 2 of 9 from the field. He missed all 4 of his 3-point attempts, though. He had 2 rebounds, 2 assists. He was plus 13 in the plus minus. That was a team high, along with Ben McLemore, who did not score at all. He was 0 of 2 from the field in 15 minutes, but he still had that plus 13 plus minus. And as for the Memphis Grizzlies, they were led by Dylan Brooks, 37 points in 35 minutes. Obviously, his season high thus far, he was 12 of 25 from the field, 4 of 10 from beyond the arc, and 9 of 9 from the free throw line. So pretty efficient scoring for Brooks overall. He had three rebounds, three assists, and one steal as well. And he was plus eight in the plus minus, which was a team high. 
The second leading scorer for the Grizzlies was Steven Adams with just 13. In 36 minutes, the big man was 5 of 8 from the field. He had 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. 11 points for Jaron Jackson Jr. in 20 minutes only. He had 2 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 block. He was in foul trouble in this game. He fouled out eventually. 9 points for Desmond Bain in 33 minutes. He was 4 of 12 from the field, 1 of 8 from 3. So an off night for Bain. He had 2 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. And 5 points for Tyus Jones, the point guard, in 30 minutes. He was 2 of 8 from the field. He had 5 assists and 1 steal. And off the bench for the Grizzlies, they got 11 points from Kyle Anderson in 28 minutes. He was 5 of 14 from the field. He had 4 rebounds, 1 assist, 4 steals, and 1 block. Nice production there from Slow-Mo. 9 points for DeAnthony Melton in 23 minutes. He stuffed the stat sheet as well. 2 3-pointers, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and a block. And they also got 3 points from John Conchar and 2 from Xavier Tillman. All right, and next up, we can move on to Sacramento, where the Kings defeated the Spurs 121-114. to The shorthanded Kings were led by Buddy Heald. He had 29 points in 40 minutes in the starting lineup. He was 7 of 9 from 3, and they also got 27 from the sophomore Tyrese Halliburton, whereas the Spurs were led by DeJounte Murray. He stuffed the stat sheet with 25 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists. And they also got 19 from Lonnie Walker off the bench. But unfortunately for the Spurs, they were just not able to keep up with the Sacramento Kings' insanely hot shooting. They were 50% from the field, 56% from beyond the arc. That is just incredible stuff. Tyrese Halliburton was on fire, as was Buddy Heald. They were a combined 22 of 37. Insane productivity from the two guards in the starting lineup. Of course, there was no Deer and Fox for the Kings, which is why Heald was in the lineup. But that was absolutely a good thing for them, as he was 7 of nine from beyond the arc. I just can't get over that. And so the Kings controlled this game uh, throughout the majority of regulation. They were up early, outscoring the Spurs 37 to 27 in the first quarter. And then they maintained a double digit lead throughout the majority of the second quarter. The Spurs did go on a bit of a run at the beginning of the third quarter. The Kings were just lackadaisical coming out of halftime. And the Spurs tied things up midway through the third. In fact, they took the lead with 4.30 to go. Bryn Forbes hit a three-pointer, putting the Spurs up 72-71. to But the Kings were resilient. They fought back. By the end of the third, they had reestablished uh, nearly a double-digit lead. And then they maintained that comfortable lead throughout the fourth quarter. In fact, they expanded it all the way to like 15 at the end of the fourth. So in the end, this was a pretty comfortable win for the Kings, thanks in large part to their incredible shooting. And with this win, they now improved to 13-18. and 18. So they are still holding on to that 10th seed in the Western Conference. They are tied with the Blazers in 11th, two games behind the Dallas Mavericks in 9th, and one game up on the Spurs in 12th. And the Kings are negative 3.1 in the point differential, which is actually fourth worst in the conference, but they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. And as for the Spurs, this loss takes them to 11-18, and 18. So they are one game behind the Blazers and Kings in 10th and 11th, and one and a half games up on the Rockets in 13th. And the Spurs are just negative 0.8 in the point differential, which is better than several teams ahead of them. And they are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 as well. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Spurs, as I mentioned, were led by DeJounte Murray. His incredible season, especially from a fantasy perspective, continues here. He had 25 points on very efficient 11 of 17 shooting. Now, he didn't attempt a three-pointer at all, but he had seven rebounds, nine assists, one steal, and just two turnovers. So overall, really nice production from Murray. They also got 16 points from Keldon Johnson in 32 minutes. He was 5 of 14 from the field. He had two threes, 11 rebounds, one assist, two steals. 
There was no Doug McDermott in this game for the Spurs, so the sophomore Devin Vassell was inserted into the starting lineup by Greg Popovich, and he had 11 points in 28 minutes. He was 5 of 7 from the field, one three-pointer, two rebounds, one assist, one block. And they also got five points from Derek White, but it was an off night for him. He was a team low, negative 18 in the plus minus, just two of eight from the field in 25 minutes. He missed all three of his three-point attempts. He had one rebound, two assists, one steal, one block. And Jakob Pertl rounding out the starting lineup. It was an off night for him, uncharacteristically inefficient, just two of 10 from the field. He had eight rebounds, three assists, one steal, and two blocks, though. And off the bench for the Spurs, they got nice contributions from Lonnie Walker and Bryn Forbes. Walker had 19 points in 25 minutes. He was 8 of 16 from the field, 3 of 4 from beyond the arc, and he had 3 rebounds, 4 assists. And Forbes had 18 points in 26 minutes. He was 7 of 12 from the field, 4 of 8 from beyond the arc, and he had 1 rebound, 1 steal, 1 block. So nice production from those two, Forbes and Walker, going a combined 7 of 12 from 3. And the Spurs also got 7 points in 11 minutes from Jock Landell and Keita Bates-Giop. Giop was plus 10, which was a team high in the plus minus. And he was 3 of 3 from the field, 4 rebounds, 2 blocks. And Landell had 1 3-pointer, 2 rebounds, 1 steal, and 2 points for Drew Eubanks. And as for the Sacramento Kings, with no De'Aaron Fox and no Rashawn Holmes, they were led by Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton. Heald had 29 points in 40 minutes. He was 10 of 18 from the field. He had seven three-pointers, three rebounds, four assists, and one steal. Incredible scoring game from Heald. And Halliburton, the sophomore, had a double-double, 27 points, 11 assists, four rebounds, two steals. He was incredibly efficient as well, 12 of 19 from the field, and he was three of five from beyond the arc. They also got 14 from Harrison Barnes in 40 minutes. He was 4 of 11 from the field, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. He was plus 8 in the plus minus, which was a starter's high. 9 points for the big man, Chemezi Metu, in 31 minutes against his former team. He was just 2 of 8 from the field, though. He had 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 4 steals. And 8 points and 8 rebounds for Tristan Thompson, rounding out the starting lineup. He had 1 assist and 1 block. And off the bench for the Kings, they got 23 points from Damian Jones, the backup big man. In 19 minutes, he was 9 of 15 from the field. He was 2 of 2 from beyond the arc, and he had 8 rebounds, 1 assist, and 2 blocks. So really nice production there from Jones. They also got 7 points from Jamarius Ramsey in 9 minutes, and 4 points from Mo Harkless. He had 2 rebounds, 1 assist, and 3 steals, and he was plus 15 in the plus minus, which was a team high. So nice production there for Harkless. All right, and next up, we can move on to Chicago, where the Bulls just edged past the L.A. Lakers 115-110. to The Bulls were led by DeMar DeRozan. He had 38 points in his return for Chicago. There is still no Zach Levine for the Bulls, so DeRozan led the way. And then they also got 19 from Lonzo Ball and Nikola Vucevic. Whereas the Lakers were led by LeBron James with no Anthony Davis. He had 31 points and 14 rebounds. And they also got a near triple-double from Russell Westbrook, 20 points, 8 assists, 9 rebounds, and 21 from Carmelo Anthony off the bench. But unfortunately for the Lakers, they were just not able to overcome the Bulls in the end. This game was really close. It was actually the Bulls that were leading early on. They outscored the Lakers 28-22 to in the first, but then the Lakers came back in the second and nearly tied the game up by halftime. And then it was just back and forth throughout the entire second half. Neither team ever held more than like a six-point lead in the entire second half. 
ultimately it was DeMar DeRozan who had the clutch bucket with just 52 seconds to go. It was a one-point game. The Lakers were leading, but DeRozan hit a 20-foot pull-up jump shot, his specialty, putting the Bulls up by one, and they never looked back from there. After Russell Westbrook missed a layup attempt, DeRozan got to the free throw line. He hit two free throws, and then the Lakers had another chance. It was a three-point game at that point, but Carmelo Anthony missed a three-pointer, and then Wayne Ellington, after a Russell Westbrook offensive rebound, Ellington missed a three-pointer as well. So then Lonzo Ball went to the free throw line. He knocked down a couple free throws and that's how we got to a five point margin but a close game nonetheless and the Lakers should really be cursing themselves because they should have won this game if you just look at the shooting percentages they were very efficient 51% from the field and 35% from three whereas the Bulls were just 43% from the field and 33% from three so the Lakers were actually better in every regard and they out rebounded the Bulls so how did the Lakers lose this game well, once again, we can look to the turnovers. The Lakers turned the ball over 20 times versus just 10 for the Bulls. Just like the Blazers-Grizzlies game, this was the Lakers' game to lose if they didn't turn the ball over so many freaking times. And while the Blazers were able to get away with it in their game, the Lakers were not so lucky. And so this loss takes LA to 16-15. and 15. So they are now in 7th in the Western Conference, surpassed by the Denver Nuggets. The Lakers are half a game up on the Timberwolves in 8th just behind the Nuggets in 6th, and half a game behind the Clippers in 5th. And the Lakers have a negative 0.8 point differential, which is worse than a couple teams below them. They're on a two-game losing streak now, and they're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. And as for the Bulls, this win takes them to 18-10. and 10. So they are in 2nd in the Eastern Conference, two games behind the Brooklyn Nets in 1st, and half a game up on the Cleveland Cavaliers in 3rd, one game up on the Bucks in 4th. And the Bulls have a plus 2.6 point differential, which is actually worst out of that top 5 group, and they are 6-4 and four in their last 10. But moving on to the box score, and the Lakers, as I mentioned, were led by LeBron James. He had a very productive game, 31 points in 39 minutes. He was 11 of 21 from the field, just 1 of 7 from beyond the arc, but 8 of 11 from the free throw line. And he had 14 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. He also had 4 turnovers and 5 fouls. So a little bit of everything from LeBron in this game. Some of the good, some of the bad. Obviously the good outweighing the bad, but the 3-point shooting was a real struggle for him and the turnovers as well. The turnovers were also a struggle for Russell Westbrook. He had 6, and he also had 20 points in 38 minutes. He was 9 of 19 from the field, missed both of his 3-pointers. He was 2 of 6 from the free throw line. That's frustrating. He did have nine rebounds, eight assists, one steal, and two blocks, though. So, like LeBron, you'll take the good with the bad for Russell Westbrook. They also got 13 points from Isaiah Thomas, the recent acquisition inserted into the starting lineup by Frank Vogel, and he played 32 minutes in this game for the shorthanded Lakers. He was 5 of 11 from the field. He had three three-pointers, two rebounds, one assist. They also got nine points from DeAndre Jordan in 21 minutes. He was four of five from the field. He had seven rebounds and a block. And six points for Wayne Ellington in 36 minutes. He had two threes. He had four rebounds, three assists, and a steal. And off the bench for the Lakers, they got 21 points from Carmelo Anthony, the veteran. In 30 minutes, he was scoring in bunches. He was 7 of 17 from the field, 5 of 12 from 3. And he also had 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. And he was plus 1 in the plus minus, the only player on the Lakers roster to be positive in that regard. So overall, a solid game here for Carmelo Anthony. And the Lakers also got 5 points from Rajon Rondo in 24 minutes. He was 2 of 2 from the field. He had 3 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 4 turnovers. Three points for Trevor Ariza, making his season debut for the Lakers. He was one of one from the field, and he had one rebound, two assists. So hopefully he can get to game shape sooner rather than later because they have desperately been needing his versatility as a wing defender that can slide into the starting lineup potentially. And then they also got two points from Chondi Brown Jr., 
And as for the Chicago Bulls, they were led by DeMar DeRozan. No rust for DeRozan despite not playing in like 15 days. He had 38 points in 34 minutes. He was 11 of 24 from the field, 16 of 17 from the free throw line. And he had four rebounds, six assists, one steal. Fantastic production for DeRozan. They also got 19 points from Lonzo Ball and Nikola Vucevic. Vucevic had a double-double, 19 and 13. And he also had three three-pointers, two assists, one steal. Lonzo Ball also had three three-pointers. He had four rebounds, four assists, one steal, and one block to go along with his 19 points. And he was a team-high plus nine in the plus-minus. Alex Caruso in the starting lineup with no Zach Levine had 17 points against his former team. He was six of 11 from the field. Three three-pointers for him. He had nine rebounds, two assists, one steal. And nine points for Javante Green rounding out the starting lineup. He was just three of nine from the field. He had six rebounds, two assists, one steal, and two blocks. And off the bench for the Bulls, they got five points from the backup point guard, Kobe White. In 24 minutes, he was 2 of 7 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. He had one rebound, two assists, one steal, a nice dunk as well. Four points for Tony Bradley, the backup big man, in 11 minutes. He had three rebounds, three steals. And two points for Alfonso McKinney and Tyler Cook. All right, and next up, we can move on to Minnesota, where the Timberwolves defeated the Dallas Mavericks 111-105. to The Wolves were led by Carl Anthony Towns. He had 24 points and 7 rebounds, and they also got 22 from D'Angelo Russell, whereas the Mavericks were led by Tim Hardaway Jr. He had 28 points, and they got 23 from Dorian Finney-Smith. Once again, they were without Luka Doncic, and the Wolves were without Anthony Edwards, so slightly shorthanded squats for both teams, but in the end, the Wolves were just able to pull away. This game was pretty close throughout. The Timberwolves kept having these stretches where they would pull away just a little bit from the Mavericks, but then Dallas would quickly rally and cut the deficit right after, so Minnesota was never able to build more than about a 10-point lead at any given time. So going into the fourth quarter, it was close. It was a two-point game. The Mavericks were actually leading. It was 88-86, to but then the Timberwolves controlled the final period, outscoring the Mavericks 25-17. to Carl Anthony Towns had a clutch three-pointer with 145 left on the clock that put the Wolves up by five. It was 108-103. to And then there was a bunch of free throws down the stretch. Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell hit some clutch free throws to help Minnesota secure this victory. And frankly, I think they deserved it. They shot the ball much better than the Mavericks, 46% from the field, 44% from beyond the arc. The Mavs were just 43% from the field and 29% from three. And they also turned the ball over more times than the Timberwolves. So in the end, it was a good win for the Timberwolves against a rival in the middle of the Western Conference. They actually swapped spots with this result. The Timberwolves are now in eighth, and they are 15-15, and 15, so at 500, just half a game behind the L.A. Lakers in seventh, and now half a game up on the Dallas Mavericks in ninth. And the Wolves have a plus 0.2 point differential, which is actually seventh best in the West, and they're on a four-game winning streak. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. And as for the Mavericks, having been surpassed by the Timberwolves, they now find themselves in ninth at 14-15, and 15. so they're just half a game behind Minnesota. They're two games up on the Sacramento Kings in 10th, the Mavericks are negative 0.4 in the point differential. They've lost two games in a row, and they're just four and six in their last 10. So a disappointing start to Jason Kidd's tenure in Dallas, to be sure. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Mavericks, as I mentioned, were led by Tim Hardaway Jr., Probably his best game of the season thus far. He had 28 points in 41 minutes. He was really efficient. 10 of 19 from the field. He had four three-pointers, six rebounds, six assists, two steals, and a block. And they also got 23 from Dorian Finney-Smith, one of his better games of the season thus far as well. He was 9 of 13 from the field, 3 of 5 from beyond the arc. So really solid shooting from Finney-Smith and Hardaway Jr. And he also had three rebounds, three assists, and one steal. 
They got 18 points and 11 assists from Jalen Brunson in the starting lineup in 39 minutes. He was 6 of 13 from the field. He had two threes, two rebounds as well, although he did have five turnovers and five fouls. Just six points for the big man, Dwight Powell, in 20 minutes. He was 3 of 4 from the field. He had four rebounds, two assists, and 13 points only for Kristaps Porzingis. A bit of an off night for the Zinger. In 23 minutes, he was 2 of 9 from the field, missed both of his three-point attempts. The free throws really salvaged his line. He was 9 of 9 from the charity stripe, but he just had three rebounds, one assist, one steal, and one block, although he didn't have any turnovers, and he was plus 10 in the plus minus. That was a team high. And off the bench for the Mavs, they got six points from Maxi Kleba, the backup big man. He had 14 rebounds, three assists. He was two of four from three. They also got four points from Moses Brown, the other backup big man. Four points from Trey Burke in 17 minutes. He was two of eight from the field. And Sterling Brown had three points. He was just one of seven from the field. So really poor shooting from Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, and Moses Brown off the bench. They were a combined four of 19 from the field. And as for the Timberwolves, they were led by Carl Anthony Towns. In 34 minutes, the big man had 24 points. He was only 6 of 15 from the field, but he was 11 of 13 from the free throw line. And he had 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal. He did have 4 turnovers, though. They got 22 points from D'Angelo Russell in 35 minutes. He was 8 of 16 from the field. He had 4 three-pointers, 2 rebounds, 3 assists. He was negative four in the plus minus, which was the only negative amongst the starters. But nonetheless, it just feels like D'Angelo Russell brings a sense of calm and composure to this team. They're like 0-5 without him in the lineup, whereas they're 15-10 and with him. So clearly, Russell is contributing to winning basketball for the Wolves this season. They also got 13 points from Malik Beasley in the starting lineup with no Anthony Edwards. In 30 minutes, he was four of 13 from the field. He had four threes, five assists, one rebound, one steal. 10 points for Patrick Beverly in 31 minutes. He he had eight rebounds, four assists, one steal, and two blocks. Nice contributions throughout the box score there for Beverly, and he was plus 11 in the plus minus. That was a team high. And Jared Vanderbilt rounding out the starting lineup, the defensive stalwart, had six points in 38 minutes. He had 10 rebounds, two assists, one steal, and one block. And off the bench for the Wolves, they got 16 points from Jalen Noel in 18 minutes. He was six of nine from the field. He had two threes, four rebounds, three assists. 12 points for Jaden McDaniels in 32 minutes. He was also pretty efficient, 5 of 8 from the field. He had two three-pointers as well. And 8 points for the backup big man, Nas Reed. All right, and finally, we can move on to Phoenix, where the Suns absolutely demolished the Charlotte Hornets, 137-106. to This was a dominating victory for the Phoenix Suns. They were led by JaVale McGee once again. He has led this team in scoring multiple times this season and off the bench in this game. In just 16 minutes, he had 19 points on 9 of 10 shooting. Overall, nobody on the Suns scored more than 20 points, but they had nine guys scoring double digits. That is just remarkable stuff. All five of the starters scored either 14, 15, or 16 points. Just an incredibly balanced and consistent offensive attack for the Suns. Whereas the Hornets were led by Miles Bridges. He had 26 points in the starting lineup. He was 10 of 16 from the field. And they also got 18 from Kelly Oubre Jr. off the bench. But LaMelo Ball was really struggling in just his second game back from that absence. He was 2 of 12 from the field. And he wasn't the only player to struggle to shoot the ball efficiently. Terry Rozier was 2 of 10. Gordon Hayward was 4 of 13. And P.J. Washington was also 4 of 13. So overall, it was a pretty abysmal performance by the Hornets. They were outscored 
37 to 15 in the first quarter. So it was already a 22 point game going into the second. And then the Hornets kept pace in the second. But then in the third, the Suns expanded upon that lead even further, outscoring the Hornets 39 to 33. So this was an absolute blowout. It was like a 30 point lead in the entire fourth quarter. And the Suns shot incredibly efficiently 56% from the field, 48% from three. And they also dominated Charlotte on the boards 57 to 43. The Hornets, unsurprisingly, were very inefficient, 36% from the field overall, and just 22% from three. So a dominating win here for the Suns takes them to 24-5, and five. so they remain at the top of the Western Conference, half a game up now on the Golden State Warriors in second, four games up on the Utah Jazz in third. Phoenix is now on a three-game winning streak once again. They are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, and they have a plus 7.3 point differential, which is third best in the entire league behind just the Jazz and Warriors. And as for the Charlotte Hornets, this loss takes them to 16-16. and 16. So they are in seventh right now in the East at 500. They are just half a game behind the Washington Wizards in sixth. And they are essentially tied with the Celtics and 76ers in 8th and ninth. All three of those teams are at 500, but Boston and Philly are 15 and 15. And then the Hornets are just half a game up on the Raptors and Hawks in 10th and 11th. So as has been the case for quite a while now, very tightly contested there in the middle portion of the Eastern Conference. Just one game separating the Wizards in 6th and the Hawks all the way down in 11th. And the Hornets are negative two in the point differential, which is worse than uh, several teams below them. In fact, it's fourth worst in the entire conference. They're on a two-game losing streak now, and they're three and seven in their last ten. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Hornets were led by Miles Bridges. In 32 minutes, he was 10 of 16 from the field, so he was the one bright spot for Charlotte. He had 26 points, five rebounds, two steals, two three-pointers. He was negative 21 in the plus-minus, but that was tied for a starter's best. They also got nine points from Gordon Hayward, but this is where the troubles began. Four of 13 shooting for Hayward. He had two rebounds, three assists. He was the team low in terms of plus-minus, negative 29. They got nine points as well from LaMelo Ball, but he was just two of 12 from the field. He did have 10 rebounds, seven assists, two steals, and a block. Four points for the other two starters. Terry Rozier in just 21 minutes was two of 10 from the field, 0 of 5 from three. He had three rebounds, and that was it in the box score. And four points for Mason Plumley in just 16 minutes. He had nine rebounds and four assists. And off the bench for the Hornets, they did get double-digit scoring from three guys. Kelly Oubre Jr. was 6 of 15 from the field. He had 18 points, 5 rebounds, 1 steal. 13 points from P.J. Washington, the backup power forward, was 4 of 13 from the field. Two three-pointers, four assists, two steals, and a rebound. 10 points for Jalen McDaniels in 27 minutes. He had three rebounds, two assists, two steals. And then they also got five points from Ish Smith, the backup point guard, four points for Nick Richards, and four as well from the rookie James Booknight. And as for the Phoenix Suns, an incredibly balanced attack for them with nine guys in double digits. They were led by JaVale McGee off the bench. In 16 minutes, he had 19 points. He was 9 of 10 from the field. He had seven rebounds, one assist, one steal, and one block. Another really solid game for the gold medalist, JaVale McGee. As for the starters, they were led by Devin Booker and Mikhail Bridges, both of whom had 16 points. Booker was 6 of 15 from the field in his return. He had four three-pointers, six rebounds, five assists, one steal. He was plus 32 in the plus-minus, which was a team high. And Mikhail Bridges was 6 of 10 from the field. He was very efficient, four of six from beyond the arc, and he had four rebounds and five assists. They also got 15 and 15 from DeAndre Ayton. He was also 6 of 10 from the field. He had two assists and three blocks. 
14 points for Chris Paul in just 24 minutes. He was 6 of 9 from the field. He had 2 rebounds and 9 assists. And 14 points as well for Jay Crowder. He was also incredibly efficient. 4 of 6 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3. And he had 6 rebounds, 1 assist, and 1 block. And off the bench for the Suns, besides JaVale McGee, they also got 15 from Landry Shamit in 22 minutes. He had four threes, three rebounds, two assists. 12 points for Cameron Johnson in 21 minutes. He was finally slightly inefficient, 5 of 12 from the field, but still solid, 2 of 6 from 3. And he had four rebounds, one assist, and one block. 11 points for Cameron Payne, the backup point guard. He was incredibly efficient once again, 5 of 6 from the field. He had six rebounds, seven assists, two steals, and a block. And they also got five points from Jalen Smith, the backup big man. All right, and that will do it for our box score breakdown. So we can now move on to fantasy, the standout and surprising fantasy lines of the night. And we had a couple of really good options for standout line. You had 37 from Dylan Brooks. He had three rebounds, three assists, 13 and nine with three steals from Steven Adams. DeMar DeRozan dropped 38. He was incredibly efficient, 16 of 17 from the free throw line, 15 and 15 from DeAndre Ayton, 25 from DeJounte Murray. Tim Hardaway Jr. had 28, and the toughest omission was definitely LeBron James. He had a fantastic line, 31 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 blocks, 1 steal. But ultimately, we had to go with Tyrese Halliburton for the Sacramento Kings. The sophomore point guard was incredible in this game. 27 points, 4 rebounds, 11 assists. He had 2 steals. But the efficiency is really what put him over the edge. He was incredibly 12 of 19 from the field and 3 of 5 from the 3-point line. That is just insane stuff. He didn't have any blocks. He had 3 turnovers. But nonetheless, the shooting was just off the charts for Halliburton and his partner, Buddy Heald, as well. So really good win there for the Sacramento Kings. And as for surprising line of the night, we're actually going to stick with the Sacramento Kings, but we're going to go to the bench. It's going to be Damian Jones, the backup big man. He had a really solid game in 19 minutes with the limited roster that the Kings are dealing with. He had 23 points and 8 rebounds with 1 assist. He was really efficient as well. 9 of 15 from the field, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, and 2 of 2 from 3. And he had 2 blocks as well. So a nice game there for Damian Jones. He has not really been that productive for the Kings off the bench this season, but this was definitely a step in the right direction for him, the backup big. So the Sacramento Kings getting standout line of the night and surprising line of the night with Tyrese Halliburton and Damian Jones. And with that, we can move on now to our preview for tonight, Monday, December the 20th. And we had seven games on the schedule, but one of them was postponed. The Toronto Raptors-Orlando Magic game is not happening tonight. So we've just got six games on the schedule. Starting off in Boston, the Celtics are taking on the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Celtics are minus three and a half. In Chicago, the Bulls are taking on the Houston Rockets, and the Bulls are minus 7.5. In Memphis, the Grizzlies face the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Grizz are minus 8.5. In Utah, the Jazz are taking on the Charlotte Hornets, and the Jazz are minus 11. In Golden State, the Warriors take on the Sacramento Kings, and the Warriors are minus 12.5. And finally, in Los Angeles, the Clippers take on the San Antonio Spurs, and the Clips are minus 5. All right, so some interesting lines here, some huge favorites in Golden State and Utah and the Grizzlies as well. Uh, the Bulls being minus seven and a half. All these lines are pretty significant. But that being said, I have very little faith right now in the Kings, Hornets, and Thunder. The only big underdog that I do have some faith in is the Houston Rockets, plus 7.5 in Chicago. That seems like a little bit too high of a line, considering that the Bulls are on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, and they've been MIA for the past couple of weeks. That game against the Lakers last night was their first one in a while, so maybe there's some residual rust that comes out here for the Bulls. And the Rockets, on the other hand, have Christian Wood back, and apparently Christian Wood is the elixir that gives this team life, because as soon as he was the 
uh, primary big man in the lineup. They started winning games, and then when he got injured, they started losing again, and then now that he's back, they've won. So I have a lot of faith in the Christian Wood-led Houston Rockets. Apparently, they're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games, and they do have that really concerning negative 6.5-point differential, but that just seems like a little bit too high of a line, in my opinion, plus 7.5. They've just been very competent with Eric Gordon and Wood leading the way, and the Bulls are still, of course, without Zach Levine as well. So I am going to take the Houston Rockets for our best bet, plus seven and a half in Chicago. I was kind of intrigued by the other two games as well. The Clippers minus five at home versus the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, the Spurs just coming off that disappointing loss in Sacramento last night. So I was intrigued by the Clippers minus five, but they're also a bit shorthanded right now. So I couldn't go with them. And then I was also tempted by the Celtics minus three and a half at home for the Philadelphia 76ers, as the Celtics have been playing much better recently now that they've got Jalen Brown back into the lineup. And the Sixers are on a three-game losing streak, but I just can't really bet that one because it's always a competitive matchup between the Sixers and Celtics. The Celtics typically have owned the 76ers over the past couple of years, but nonetheless, with Joel Embiid in the lineup, anything can happen for Philadelphia, and I do expect them to turn things around at some point this season, but will it be this game? I'm not sure. So we're going to stay away from those two. Ultimately, we just have the one best bet with Houston and that will do it for us today. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to follow the show on social, we are at NBA Recap Pod, or you can just search YouTube or smart speakers for NBA Recap Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to recap all six of those games and to preview the action for Tuesday, December the 21st. Until then, thanks for tuning in.